outside. We couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 19, February 20th, 2017. Glad to be back with you. I, of course, am Joe Murata. This is Mr. Michael Quinn. How are you doing today, Michael? Howdy doody. Howdy uh, doody to you. <laughs> back for another episode. It's nice to be back, isn't it? Yeah. Miss talking about the retro wow, wrestling 19, with you. 19, 19 already? 19. Okay, so now the age is going up on this podcast? The age is going up. It Once can buy again. cigarettes now. Is that is it nineteen or I thought it was twenty one? Here in Jersey, it's nineteen. Are you sure? I don't know about some other places. Well, we'll have Germany to see. We'll or have to look twelve that up. in Germany. Yeah, yeah Germany. <laughs> yeah, Germany. So, remember when wrestling was in Germany? Yeah, like, remember Brett that? loved it so much. <laughs> you know, my fans in Germany. He, you know, he really liked the international fans more than anyone. else. I think they liked him more too. I think so too. Anyway, but, yeah, <laughs> we're here on the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Next week, Quinn, did you know this? That's our season finale. Wow. We are cl- so, we're closing out February next week, and we're closing out season two. I wonder what the cliffhanger on that finale we'll, will be. We'll have to find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, have to, to find see. out. But anyway, folks, we are here on episode 19, February 20th. Hope you're having a good Monday so far, wherever you might be. One place we be, Quinn, is the place to be. Oh, we're in the place. We are in the place. It is a beautiful place. It's the best place for the human race. I, Does sure. that rhyme? No. Kind of, yeah, no, it does. It does. It, yeah, okay. It rhymes. It, but it, what's its real tagline? I have no idea. No, oh, yeah. the place to be, you mean? Yeah, the I thought place you meant the human be. race's tagline. No, not the human race. We <laughs> don't is... have a tagline. <laughs> we should. <laughs> that is the only place to be in your pop culture right. world. Okay. And if you aren't listening to us on that place, go on and check it out. Some great podcasts there. Yeah, some great stuff. Some and, great um, stuff. Extracurricular wrestling <laughs> podcast right. activities. Absolutely perfect. Quinn. Right, that's very, very good. That's our new catchphrase that's, for place to be. That's right i love yeah. that we got to tell brad about that okay. one but quinn we're not just in that place where else are we we're also on the itunes um and you could leave us a review on the itunes specifically yes that'd be awesome actually um, yeah so that that helps us grow mm-hmm, and it does you know get the word out to maybe your friends or something friends and family yeah that they might look on the itunes see it yeah uh there's also google play music that's right yep stitcher yeah stitcher um fm player dot web whatever Who cares? yeah exactly yeah. and uh blueberry and blueberry yeah, yeah. we love blueberry yeah <laughs> it's been it a long time. time since the blueberry's gotten the who cares it will eventually okay. whatever gorilla decides to do okay i don't really make these decisions you right. know it's yeah. all gorilla yeah I, I don't know what he's doing back there I'm not sure it's legal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's legal. He wouldn't think any of this is legal. No, not at all. Uh, you can also find us, of course, on the Twitter at OVP Podcast. Right. And if you use this archaic form of communication, we have the email. Right. Which is uh, OVP Podcast at gmail.com. One more time, that would be OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, we have a web presence somewhere. Yeah, we are um, present on the World Wide <laughs> Web. Um you can go over to ovppodcast.com. That's, That's our right. address. It's it's not like a mailing address, but it's a 
web address. We don't have a P.O. box yet. We don't have a P.O. box there, <laughs> but you can go over there. We got all the stuff that we do. All these things that we're talking about, there's links to all that there. Right, and we're also on motionpictures.com. What's it called? No, no, no. YouTube. <laughs> it, it's new, Joe, but it, oh, yeah, yeah, right. it, YouTube.com. There's right. a lot of uh, promotional you stuff. You can see what we look like. You can see, yeah, you can see us. It's not so like you it's can, exciting, but... <laughs> yeah, you can see the, you know, all sorts of things over yeah, there. Little, little promo spots. Right. And I understand there's uh, some other thing, some Hall of Fame thing coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. I heard that'll yeah, be coming there, up soon. Very soon, there's going to be Hall of Fame bites, I guess we're yeah. going to call them. I yeah. don't know. Um, but, you know, there's going to be video to accompany that audio. That's the cool thing about this. Lord Alfred worked it out for us where we're going to do the audio version and yeah. the video version. He got the guys over at the WWF camera crew. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be filming us. They're pulling it out of the... Uh, the uh the the truck I guess yeah the ch- Kerwin will Kerwin yeah, be there maybe Kerwin not Kevin Dunn though I I, I banned Ker- yeah <laughs> I banned Ker- uh not Kerwin Kevin Dunn yeah. from this place he's done as he's, far as we're concerned um, he's out of here thank you he won't zoom in and do stupid shit the whole Shaky podcast cam yeah. on us yeah. Fuck that shit what the hell's wrong with I that don't guy no so stupid <laughs> yeah so, so folks to start the show mm-hmm. well actually Quinn I think we should do the right thing here and we have to acknowledge a few sad things yeah not to start the show on a downer but let's just do that right out of respect here um within the last couple of days we lost nicole bass right who was notable for a brief run in wwf as yeah. well as you know some other things i would, I would say it was a very notable run i would um, say it was yeah, notable people yeah remember her people <laughs> remember nicole bass definitely um, yeah definitely a definite memorable thing of the 90s let's say it definitely controversial controversial um yeah. We unfortunately also lost at age seventy nine George the Animal Steel. Yeah, iconic figure, iconic, and people everybody remembers George from you know WrestleMania three and eating the turnbuckles, eating the turnbuckles, and the doctor segment and all that. Yeah. And, and by all accounts, great guy. Yeah, whenever they needed him, he would be there. Team you know, player, team player, and Hall of Famer. Yep, Hall of Famer. And Quinna, you actually told me about this one. Yeah. Ivan Koloff. Ivan Koloff has passed bear. away age 74. Former um, world champion. The third world champion ever That's in the right. WWF and, you know, a stalwart of the NWA. Absolutely. This is the guy that um, not only did he beat Bruno for right. crying out loud, this is yeah. the guy that beat Bruno. And he broke his leg or whatever. Broke his leg, big feud. But he, yeah, like you said, also a stalwart of the NWA. Led the Russians yep. in Jim Crockett promotions. Yeah, we just mentioned them last week yeah, during and, that NWA hey, review. I, I was a big fan of this guy. I know I, you were. I, I like his rugged yep. look. You Absolutely. Know, like in, Definitely a pioneer, you know, he was in the early days. He was. He was an interesting character and yeah. a notable guy. Definitely, you know, it's it's sad to to lose so many, you know, names in the business in such a short amount of time. Right. Yes, definitely. But I figured we would do our due diligence there, Quinn. Yeah. And acknowledge that. But let's start the show in earnest now, for real. It's going to be one thing I miss, Quinn. <laughs> let's do it. I don't, you and I don't really talk about this one much on or off the show. That's interesting. So I'd like to get your thoughts here. Okay. One thing I miss is there not being as many championships. Oh, you mean like less championships? Like less. Not, not more championships. Okay, yeah, yeah, I miss when there were less championships. Because yeah. back in the, when we grew up, you know, the way we were reared on wrestling. Right. You had three, right? Yeah, there was basically three. Yeah. I mean, the sometimes women, sometimes. the women, but not really. <laughs> but you had the world championship. Right. Right. The intercontinental, which Correct. is the secondary. Mm-hmm. Secondary. 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 Secretary. Temporary secondary. Yeah. Secretariat. <laughs> Secretariat. I met Secretariat. Yeah. I actually met Secretariat. And, of course, the tag team, Champion right. Shaw. Championship! Yep. And that was it. Yeah. 
I think not having as many titles definitely made them more prestigious. It did. Um, nowadays, right. you have like 8 billion titles. Yeah. Um, although, it's more of a recent development that they went back to like a zillion titles, because for a while they were they were rolling with four. Yeah, but you know what? Them having the US and the IC, I never liked that. Yeah. At the same time. Okay. Well, we can discuss, but yeah, I always discuss. thought the European title was you know, an admirable addition. Like, it wasn't bad. In theory, it was a good idea. Yeah. But, you know, when Bulldog won, the tournament was was whatever. The match where Bulldog won, it was awesome. Like, yeah, that, that was good. It was it, in Germany, by the way. It started out good. Um, <laughs> it went through, like, a lull period, I felt. Yeah, called um, Bulldog holding it. No, well, and Sean getting it for, like, and five Sean seconds. And Sean getting it. Yeah. And then X-Pac and D'Lo had a good feud Yeah, that, it. then it became a regular belt. And then, but though, it didn't very, matter. Yeah, but that wasn't very long if you right. think about it in the spectrum between its, like, founding and, like, D-Lo like and X-Pac and making it a normal belt. It was, like, a year and a half. But, yeah. Yeah, I do think there is a lot of prestige lost the more titles you have. I agree. But I do think you can make it work with a lot of titles. Because, um, like, NWA was doing that. Yeah, but NW... Okay, fine. NWA maybe is one thing, but that's a different ball game, you know, because there's so many different territories. Because it's regional, and yeah. some of those titles are featured on their own shows exactly. and stuff like that. But the way WWF has been doing it, even before the brand split started again, to have two versions of the tag titles, I mean, come on. Yeah, really? that's when it gets a little out of control. The only time two versions of a tag title ever worked, to my knowledge, was the USA tag belts. In and WCW, the, yeah. yeah. Or, but that was because there was two, like, top-tier tag teams. Yeah, they had enough tag teams that you can make right. divisions out of it. Now, you know, it's just, to me, it sounds silly. Each brand has its titles, and I guess you have to, but I'm not even... I'm talking before the brand split even restarted. Right. You still had the U.S. and the I.C. I always had a problem with the U.S. and the I.C. coexisting. In WWF. Yes. Um, Don't okay. you think they should have merged them back then? Yeah, but they did do admirably. They did get rid of the other secondary titles before they kind of regulated that the U.S. title was in there. Do you remember? Because they, they got, remember how like yeah. the European and all this hardcore, hardcore was still around. They had like a million titles. Right. Well, but that was like before they bought WCW, but instead they, you know, they put it, they put them all, it's like Rob Van Dam or something merged them. I forget yeah. who it was, but you know, that, that brought it all back to the U.S. title being like the European title, essentially. Essentially. I just miss the days of there being these couple of titles. Yeah. And if you won one of those titles, you were a big deal. Right. There, There's something to say about how important the intercontinental title was at the time sure i mean from from hey i mean from when it started but especially if you talk the 80s right i mean valentine macho man santana yeah macho man honky you know as much as i don't like him as much as you don't like him he was treated like a big deal because he had that title the intercontinental title for the longest time that anyone did yeah mr perfect warrior yeah warrior bret hart sean yeah um, those were like the glory days, and you know, I would say it's because there wasn't as many titles. Exactly. And when those titles changed hands, even the secondary titles, that's the thing. It's like, I felt like once the Attitude Era came, mm. when those second ti- secondary titles changed, even the tag titles changed, no one gave no a one shit. Cared. That's not to say that the tag title before didn't matter when it changed hands. I don't know. When do you think that fell down the stairs, so to speak, the tag title? (laughs) Well, the tag titles to me are a little dubious because if you notice, if you notice in the early 80s, that was like the most frequent title to change hands with the tag titles. And then they went into this era when, you know, the Hart Foundation, all those teams were there. 
that good 80s tag team yeah, division Bulldogs, that we talked Foundation, about. Another, sure. Yeah. Then the tag title, all of a sudden, it was like once a year or twice a year, it would yeah. change hands. Like, it was like, whoa, now this is like important. Demolition had like a monopoly on it for a while. Yeah. And it was like a huge deal when they lost it to the Busters. Yeah, it was. And then again to the Colostomy Connection. Yeah, the Colostomy Connection. Yeah. <laughs> the Colostomy Connection. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's. Then gl- three peating was considered a big deal. Nowadays, you know, if you yeah. were, were a three time champion, who gives a shit? Yeah, but, you suck. Yeah, that's not. You have to be like. <laughs> Seventeen-time tag team champion <laughs> right. with like four partners. I know, and so I mean, I guess it's it's not only a lack of um, prestige, you know, that bothers me. Mm-hmm. It's it's the combination of the lack of prestige, the more frequent title changes, and the oversaturation of the amount of titles. Right, because it's like at this point in like three years, everyone's gonna be getting a fucking participation trophy. Yeah, you know, I, there's gonna be a world participation championship belt. Yeah. Now, to your point though about this, too many titles thing the real reason behind all this really isn't about you know adding titles and blah 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 yeah i think it's about the fact that they have a lot of shows they have a lot of shows they have a lot of shows and they're different they're separate now you can't Mm -hmm. like compete for the other one right if you think about it if smackdown didn't have a tag title then any tag teams there wouldn't make any sense why the hell they're there Okay, like, right, because there's no prize, to, so yeah, like, they, it's just they're like they're you have random nothing. tag yeah. teams, right? Yeah. But that's operating under the assumption that everyone's goal is to win a title, which it seems like no one has a goal anymore. Eh, I mean... They show up and they get yelled at by their boss. <laughs> well, It's like go- real life now. Yeah, now their goal is to one-up their boss, which I don't isn't even anyone's that. goal in real life at work. <laughs> they just want to go to work and come home Most and people, not get fired. Yeah, just like, want to go <laughs> to work, come the hell home, and not think about work. Don't you ever, do you ever think that's weird with the WWF on a side tangent that, <laughs> like... It's like the face's goal in the company is not to like rise up no. the ladder, but to rather like antagonize their boss yeah. and like make them mad at them. Like yes. who whose goal is that in their company yeah. ever? Like you I just, don't go to work and be like, I really hope I fuck my boss over today. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like that's Absolutely. just not like anything. Right. And you should think of title titles should be thought of as like a title, like in a right. job, like I want the top title. You want to be the best at what you're in, right? So exactly. if you're in the tag team division, yes. you want to be the best tag team. So the only way that you can say you're the best tag team is to have the tag team championship. Exactly. Like if you're in collections, right? right. As you're, you want to be the senior collector. You want to be like the best the, collector. The manager. Yeah. You want to be the best collector yeah. there's ever been. Right. So. In that case, I do think that maybe there's a need for these titles, but on the other hand, it does kind of like, I feel like with the, especially like the tag and the mid-card titles, the fact that they call them like different things, yeah. just like lessens it or like different like regions or whatever. Like Regions. It's like, who is better? I'm I'm dead serious here. Are you the better person if you're the intercontinental champion, like champion of many continents? Or are you better if you're the United States champion because, like, U.S. is, like, where most of the wrestling is happening? I am the intercontinental champion! I never could understand the intercontinental title in the first place is, like, are you champion of all the land in the world but not no. the ocean? I think like, it's like <laughs> seriously has I anyone th- ever explained this like well, well if i recall correctly the uh, fictitious tournament in rio de janeiro that pat patterson won for the intercontinental right, title but that's north and south america was right? to merge the north and south american and thus you have the intercontinental correct the title was born in rio de janeiro and that's when pat patterson won the north american and south american 
Heavyweight Championships. Those championships were then merged and became known as the Intercontinental Championship. But in the end, like, you, they really don't talk about that. So, like, no, they could don't you, talk about anything. Could you also be like, since that title's been defended in Europe and yeah. Australia and right. Japan and all Kuwait. this shit, yeah, Kuwait. Technically, you're the champion of a couple of other continents too. I would right. assume, right? Yes. So he's kind of the world champion, but only on land. The, the world champion is it's vague, so it's like it's he's the entire the, world. So it includes oceans yes. and Antarctica, like Bermuda. Blah, yeah, <laughs> islands, exactly. You know? Islands. You know so. what? I, th- I think honestly, Quinn, the most prestigious title, and it's not around anymore, would be the television title because you're on <laughs> all of television. Yeah, I mean, all wrestling is not. It isn't really on television, but all most wrestling is on television. If you're on television, you matter. Yeah, exactly. So if you matter, you're the champion of everything that matters. Right. That's the way I look at it. I don't know. World seems more encompassing to me. Although what about the, universal? universal? So is the universal like the champion of space also? Yeah, I think so. Like the Milky Way. Yeah. And like Orion's now, what if belt. Is that one universe you're the champion of? Like, isn't there other universes? There's only one universe. Okay, I'm the sorry. WWE I'm, thinking, universe. I'm thinking of solar system. We're not there yet. They, they don't have a solar system champion yet, right? No, but there might be an intergalactic champion one day. <laughs> one day. Isn't that a video game? Intergalactic wrestling I or think it was. baseball yeah. or Mike Tyson's punch out <laughs> yeah, intergalactic like, version? Yeah, that's the one where he like looks like he's doing something not so good yeah <laughs> not that mike tyson rounds. the real not that mike tyson the real person did things so good all the time either and this is not this is different this isn't in mike tyson's character no Let's it's not it mark way. tyler yeah mark tyler yeah. <laughs> that's that game? Game? oh my god <laughs> why we, i don't yeah, know I don't we know. are tangenting here yeah. but when do you think we're that still talking about titles though we are do you think that this problem is remedied perhaps if they would just book titles like they mattered more i think it would be remedied actually a lot more besides the obviously that they matter but they do kind of matter kind Um, of if they put more of an emphasis on that they're individual to a show okay now when i say that i'm saying that you can't call it for example the wwe smackdown tag team championship right okay there should be no wwe in it Right. You know what I mean? It's just us. You're the SmackDown. Ta- There's you're because WWE is some kind of governing body in my mind, technically. Yeah, in, so it's like in your mind. So if you're, you know, the WWE SmackDown champion. So are you the WWE tag champions on SmackDown or are you just SmackDown champion or like, what is it? It doesn't like, even mean who, anything yeah, anymore. And, yeah. and not that we care. Not that we care, I mean, but there is like something to say about like, yeah. they have all these names on top of the belts and stuff like that. Right. Like if you're the WWE United Kingdom champion, are you like champion of the WWE, but only in the United Kingdom? You just like won a Like is that equivalent to the world champion? <laughs> I know what you're saying. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like are the WWE champion of England only? Like, yeah, I know what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. It's you get it. I mean, uh, people might have to re-listen to this over again just to understand. And we hope that they could, do. Yeah. Understand the confusion, but <laughs> right. You get where get I'm what you coming mean. from. I totally get what you mean. I also don't really necessarily like the fact that like, you know, your brand is defined by what night of the week you happen to wrestle on yeah so it's or if your show's live because technically it's the smackdown live test what is the raw show not live now because it doesn't say raw live and raw live tag team champion oh it's live pal yeah i know i know exactly what you mean i think the names matter on the belts honestly as far as representation is concerned no it does it does have something to do with it i totally agree with you i just think there are too many belts i thought that when they first did the brand split, but I thought that before the first and second brand splits, you know? Yep, I agree. Just, and they didn't treat 
God, remember when Dean Ambrose, this is an example, had the U.S. title in, right. like, in like, 14 or whenever, and yeah. he never fucking defended it? Yeah, like, but that's also when he was, like, shield Dean Ambrose and, like, who gives a shit. But, but that's not a reflection of him. That's a yeah. reflection of that their 39 writers can't focus on more than two things at that's once. That's another thing. If you got 39 writers, you can't, like, assign one to write for each title. Right, really? I know, I know. Like, why did some champions have to sit around and wait for a storyline? It's ridiculous. Like, yeah, like, all the time that they have, all yeah. this airtime. They're always complaining about how we don't have enough airtime, right? Yeah. And here we go. They can't even defend all the belts. Like, the belt should be on the line every show when you have yeah. five hours of wrestling or, a week or, or whatever. Or at least stories pertaining to these titles. But yeah. now it's not about the titles. It's about one-upping your boss, like yep. you said. It's about the boss. It's about um, humiliating your opponent rather than beating them. Yeah. Like, Some, sometimes it's about legacies or something. Yeah, I don't it's know. it's about legacies. I I don't know. Like, why do you care about your legacy? Don't you want to be the champion here and now? That would make like, your legacy better yeah. in the future. Yeah, by proxy, it would make your legacy better. By proxy. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. Uh, we only have one title, and that title is the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. That's true. And that podcast will be back right after this. Back after this. We have a new world champion! Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this bout. No. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to have you with us this Monday, February 20th, 2017. Quinn, you were talking to me during the break here. Uh, You brought up an interesting question I want you to tell the folks at home. You know, we left out when we were talking about all these belts and with the ocean and all this involved. Shouldn't there be an ocean weight champion or something? (laughs) Ocean heavyweight champion? Now, do they wrestle in the ocean or no? I don't know. Like, they could wrestle Aquaman or, like, manatees or something. Manatees, yeah. Like, something like that. Something with sharks or penguins. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it could go on forever. There's there's champions <laughs> really of all these could. regions. What about the Great Lakes champion? Yeah, the Great Lakes champion. <laughs> the Huron champion. <laughs> the African champion. What about the Asian champion? Antarctic champion. The Greenland champion. <laughs> Greenland! Well, it's kind of by itself No, up there. it is. It's yeah. up there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> folks, it's time for our next segment, which is what do you think of? Quinn is going to ask me what I think of something. Michael Quinn, what do you have today? Well, it's actually kind of funny you brought up titles. Oh, yeah. Because my topic for today that I wanted to say what you thought of. Okay. Ask the question. Uh-huh. The Hardcore Championship. <laughs> okay, yes. I was trying not to talk about it in the last thing. But you, you did good. You yeah. did very good. I loved the Hardcore title for a while there. Uh, me too. It's I actually really like, it's up there with the TV title. It's up there. At, during a period of time in 99 and 2000. Right. It was guaranteed fun. 
Yeah, I think it's it was like the fun title, right? It was it's not the fun the technical title. Like, no, title or God, anything no. like that, but God, no. it's the fun title. And I just we should probably go into a little history about the hardcore because it's been long gone now. It's been like, long gone. Basically, folks, in no, in November of '98, during the period of time where mankind was trying to to kiss up to Vince, right? Vince, it's me. How did you find me? I saw what happened. I felt really bad, so I brought you some presents. He was awarded this broken down world title, which was smashed up and it had a piece of masking tape on it right. that said hardcore. And maybe we can go into a little bit. I know this might be just an urban legend, mm-hmm. but I've heard that it's the belt Mr. Perfect like slammed with yes. a hammer or something like that in Saturday Night's main event. It's an urban legend. They it, It's it, never it, been proven wrong. No, I, I did look that up. No, it actually... They have the the smashed one is like either on display or in some display case in Titan Tower. Okay, so it is. I, I actually it, this is verified. Yes, like, coincidentally, I was like somehow wandered into this a few months ago. Oh, really? Yeah, because you know, like Reddit and a few other places have some really good like sources. I know for there's stuff. been some debate on this. Like, um, yeah, it's it, not it, it. You know what though? I want to feel like it's it because in, in WWE canon, for like, your can we just sake, say we it can is, say it is, but it's it makes not sense, fun. right? So he awarded it to mankind, right? Mankind lost it. I want to say he lost it first to the big boss man, I think. Right. And I think boss man lost it. Was it to Road Dog? It was right around that time. It was to Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know? And Road Dog was the first fun hardcore champion. Yes, I loved... That is the time I love the Road Dog the most. Me too. As the hardcore, he was just a plucky, like yes. you know, like contender, and like he, I don't know, it really made him. Oh, it was so much like, fun. Yeah, as like a personality that I like to watch. Absolutely. And folks, if you don't know what the hardcore title was, basically it was a title that would be contested under hardcore rules. Essentially, anything goes. Right. Well, hardcore rules by definition back then when it was new, yes, was that. There's no countouts, no countouts, no disqualifications, and you can win by pinfall pretty much anywhere. Yeah, it was pretty much false count anywhere. False count anywhere, right? It's pretty much just a false count anywhere match. It should they could have called the false count anywhere title, but yeah, it's essentially what it was. They took that one step further in 2000 when Crash Holly won it. Yes, and this is this enters my favorite era of this title. You can talk about it. The 24 seven rule. It was on the line. Now this this rule was. Crash had said, you know, I, you know, he was kind of thinking himself to be a big guy or something like that. And, you know, he'd always bring that. He was a super heavyweight. Yeah, he would bring that uh, scale with him to the ring and all this. Yes. So he goes out on a limb and says, this belt's on the line 24-7. I'll defend it at any time. And it could that works because it's false count anywhere. So it doesn't matter where you are, right? Yeah, so this, so, yeah. this led to some hilarious skits. Yeah, the, like what comes to mind is like the Fun Time America one where he's like, he's in this like New Jersey, like, I mean, people don't know what sports and stuff. Maybe like Discovery Zone. That was national. kind of like a discovery zone type of deal. Yeah. And he somehow he like escaped through a ball pit or something <laughs> yeah. and didn't get pinned. It was like an, amu- an indoor amusement park. Now, sometimes if I recall, Crash would lose it briefly in the middle of the match and then like and then hit them. Back. Yeah, it would always basically these segments. They went for a little bit, actually, and Cra- either Crash would survive or he'd lose it and gain it back most of the time. Yes. And the, the gimmick was that as long as the guy.
guy that was going to try to win it brought a referee with him to right. count the pin. Yes, that was another thing. Now, I do recall some other stupid hijinks with the 24-7 title. Like, remember the time, like, somebody was, like, asleep or something? And they, like... Crash pinned... was, I think. Okay, yeah. Crash was asleep. And yes. somebody, like, pinned him while he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then he had to, like, go get him. Yeah. Can you imagine getting booked out of a dead sleep? Crash escaped with his hardcore title. There was one time where referee Jack Doan came in with another referee. I want to say it was Jimmy Corderas. Yeah. I can't remember. And Jack Doan takes his referee shirt off. So yes. he's like bare chest. And yeah. he, he tries to beat Crash for it. Right. That I don't think funny. he won it, though. He right? didn't, he win, didn't it. win it. Now, there are notable like joke winners, like Godfather's Ho. Oh! Godfather's Ho was a winner, yes. Yeah, um, I, I can't. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I, that is a really stupid one. It's listed one. on the title lineage, yeah, Godfather's Ho. She's actually listed. If she has no name, Godfather's Ho is a, is a champion in WWE. It's true. Yeah, it's isn't that weird? Yeah. I think Molly Holly won it once. Molly Holly might have her Jacqueline or one of them, right? Yeah, it's so basically, yeah, it was no gender restriction either, no. which was very, like, that's not normal either. Yeah. And of course, famously or infamously, uh, WrestleMania 2000, they had the hardcore title Battle Royal. Yes. And basically anyone that won the title within the time limit, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, I think it was like a 15 minute time limit. Right. And everyone was in the ring at the same time. And basically any pinfall that occurred on the current champion. You won the you title. You won the belt. So this added, I would say, at least 15 new champions within yeah. within 15 minutes. Viscera, like all sorts yeah. of people. Probably Pete Gass or Yeah, you're right. Pete Gass did win it. Yeah, that's true. Pete Gass. Like, that's, you know, this is the fun part about the Hardcore title is the lineage. Like, if we were to read it, first of all, it's super long. Yeah. It's like the longest lineage. It's longer than any title. And it's like still this many years later, it's still longer. And it existed for the shortest amount of yeah, time. Like two and a half years yeah. or something like that. It was yeah. barely around. It was just super fun. I remember at the end of that Hardcore Battle Royal, um, <laughs> Hardcore Holly or somebody takes like the King's candy dish and like hits it over yeah, someone's- JR's like, candy dish. JR's yeah. ca- and, and King's making a big deal about it. He's yeah. like, your candy dish, JR! <laughs> like- that's your candy dish like <laughs> and that's like how it ends too if i recall like the last i think hardcore holly is the of yeah the winner at the very but end he wasn't supposed to be there was some kind of botch there with Wait, the time really? limit or timmy white or one of the refs fucked up <laughs> crash was supposed to retain at the last second when the time ran out but like tim white i think it was tim white counted the pin right right so like hardcore walked out with the title but he wasn't supposed to What's funny about that is, like, normally that would be, like, a you fucked up yeah, thing, but it's, but so it's the fucking title. hardcore title in a match where, like, Viscera and Pete Gass are winning the belt, so who gives a shit? A, a, a lineage where Godfather's Ho yeah, had the Yeah, Godfather's title. Ho was a champion. So, so it's like, who cares? It's like, oh, we can just fix that on Raw. And you see, yeah. this, this, like, it's a good way to, like, conclude it, sort of, is that the good thing about the hardcore title was is that you could like just fix anything really quick if like yes. something like and it was just a lot of fun right it was a lot of fun i think it um teetered off there at the very end i would say its last great moment 
was the WrestleMania 17 hardcore triple threat match. That was the last fun one. I wouldn't, there started to be good matches, but yeah, that was the last fun one Ra- with the one Raven. Raven with the cart and he like gets, <laughs> he almost like broke the power in all of WrestleMania yeah. 17. Like that's actually a true story. Yeah. Like, true story. He had a cart and he was supposed to drive it in a big show or something. Yes. And it was, it was big show and Kane. He was fighting. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so he, he drives it, but he like fucked up and there's a lot of fuck ups in the hardcore division. Yeah. And he fucked up and he like crashed it by accident near like a cable or yeah. something. And he almost like broke, broke the, the cable. And that was the, the power, main yeah. power line to the whole show. Yeah. Could you imagine if WrestleMania 17, that great pay-per-view, like was stained <laughs> with like, because Raven broke the power. And like the third match or yeah. whatever that was. That match also had the thing where something with like, there's like windows in like other room. They go through like a wall and all this yeah, shit. Yeah, that, like, it's a fun match. Yeah, that's probably the last fun match. I do remember near the end, it started to get all serious with Jeff Hardy versus RVD feud for it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Right around the time of the invasion, right? Right. Because those two were kind of like the extreme wrestlers from both brands. So it's like, yeah, but one (laughs) was from ECW and one was WWE's kind of like high flyer daredevil. When Jeff Hardy was really good. Yeah. And that made sense. But that's also where it ended. I believe it was unified with the European and intercontinental title all in like one thing. I think you're about right with that. Yeah. I think I know it merged with the european for I think, sure i think what happened at that point is the intercontinental and european were already merged and then they had a match where the hardcore champion faced the european champion i think it i think i saw it was tommy dreamer was the last <laughs> hardcore champion good for him yeah okay whatever proudly from where quinn yonkers <laughs> yeah i think that and i think that's a good end for the hardcore title because tommy, tommy dreamer. dreamer was a you know a hardcore wrestler he was. so it's a good way to a good way to go out right and it started with mankind yeah and it started with mankind so you know from one ECW guy to another. Overall, it was definitely um, a microcosm of the Attitude Era. Yeah, and it did have its imitators. Yeah, I mean, I don't WCW's know if we want to get the WCW hardcore, hardcore title. Sucked ass. It was so bad. When they first had it, they didn't even have a belt yet. I think like the winner won a trophy or something. Yeah, and wasn't Brian Nobbs the champion <laughs> a lot? And I also, Unfortunately, re- and I also yes. remember... Wasn't there some match where they tried to make it really hardcore? They were like surrounded by cars and like burning. Like it's like it's basically like the over the top WCW vignette version of a hardcore match. And it's it it sucked. It's basically the Cheatham the Midget version of a hardcore (laughs) match. Like it's awful. God, yeah. I mean, hardcore hack. That was Sandman. Members name was Hack. Hack. Wasn't Tank Abbott the hardcore champion a bunch (laughs) too? Probably. Yeah. I feel like Bam Bam Bigelow (laughs) was probably involved. (laughs) I mean, I don't. I can't really give you a, a. a solid story on that but it was shitty and it didn't even look good either it was too shiny that belt like it wasn't all like broke i remember they put fake ripples in it to make it look like it was broken like the hardcore time it's it's so dumb they couldn't have just broken it yeah folks if you're listening with a computer in front of you just look it up it's terrible (sighs) yeah i i that that screamed we're desperately trying to catch wwf yeah you know but that that i think that's a merit to the hardcore title you know? I think so because it, like I said earlier, it was guaranteed fun. Yeah, and I, even WCW wanted to have that guaranteed fun, so yeah. they tried to do it, but it, you know, it didn't work because they're WCW, right? And when they're playing catch up, they're not that good. Yeah, you know, when they when they're leading the way, they were very good. Yeah, when they're innovating, they're good. Yep, but you know, but the hardcore title was innovative. I thought it was. I thought it was fun, and it wouldn't. It would be out of place now. Yeah. Obviously, you could imitate it all you want, but you can't duplicate it. Yeah, and that's it's a genie that's not going back in the bottle. It wouldn't fit in any other era, really. Yeah, Crash Holly was a bigger star than Goldberg mm. at, at one point. 
Yeah. But it was perfect for the Attitude Era. I agree. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. It encapsulated, you know, everything that the casual fan liked about the Attitude yeah, Era. You just turned on the hardcore matches and you were like, this is great. I liked it a lot. I always yeah. liked when that title was on the line. I think it's the most transfer of ECW we got in WWE that actually worked. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, I guess so. Like, as, like, the pure t- match types that ECW was yeah. in WWE. That's okay. what I mean. No, that's they- fair. Good pick, Quinn. Yeah. Very, very nice pick. Uh, yeah, I, li- I liked it a real lot. Yeah. We agree on that one. Yeah. Well, it's time for our next segment, Quinn, and this is um one of my favorites. Mm. And as we near the end of season two, I figured, in light of what you brought up last week for one of your favorites... I know where this is going. Yeah, you know where this is going. So I'm going to bring up one of mine, and I would ask you, Quinn, to please show the same courtesy that I showed you last week Okay. in keeping this very fair and balanced. I will try. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to make any guarantees, but I will definitely try. As we talk about one of my favorites, folks, and that, of course, is Brett the Hitman Hunter. One of the best wrestlers of all time. One of the best technical wrestlers of all time. I'll share my story of how I got into him, and then you can reciprocate like we did with Sean last week. Sure. When I got into wrestling, folks, in the summer of 94, Brett was the champion. I had only known his name from the Royal Rumble video game, as I've said a few times. I knew who that was, but I didn't know anything about him. Yep. I got turned on to him uh, by watching some matches on, you know, superstars and stuff like that. Yeah. I knew he was fighting his brother Owen at SummerSlam. I watched that cage match live on my ninth birthday, you know, on pay-per-view. And I love the guy. I thought he was great. I followed him all the way up until he retired. Right. And he was always one of my favorite wrestlers. And even as a nine-year-old, a ten-year-old, that didn't know what RSPW was, that <laughs> yeah. didn't know what the star rating you system was. didn't have that was, internet to no. kind of encourage Guide you me to show you that Bret Hart me. was actually like a right. top technical wrestler. Right. Even though I didn't have that, I remember watching matches of his like WrestleMania 10. You know, against Owen. Right. Or against Bulldog at SummerSlam 92, or against Sean at Survivor Series 92. Obviously, the infamous Razor Ramon match at Rumble 93. (laughs) (laughs) And I just remember thinking as a kid, you know, in a kayfabe sense, because I didn't really know if, you know, what the deal was with wrestling. Right, right, right. I was like, this guy is a good wrestler. Yeah, and I think the product really did a good job of telling you that, too. It did. I mean, it absolutely did. No, because the excellence of execution is the best. They kept calling him the excellence of execution. It's not like you didn't have any cues. It worked. It worked, you know, and I was impressionable. I was nine, you know, when I got into wrestling. So it worked. Well, it's just like how I was impressionable of Sean when he won the Rumble. When he won the Rumble. So that was my exposure to Bret Hart. He remained my favorite wrestler uh, until, I mean, I didn't follow him in WCW. And folks, we're not going to talk about his WCW run. No, because we covered we that. We covered it yeah. already, and it's not really worth talking about. No. We're not. We're also, Quinn, uh, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Let's not talk about the screw job. No. We covered that we covered as well. That. Yeah, we covered that as well, and that would be a whole topic in yeah. itself. So Let's just talk about his WWF run, his most notable run, right, you know, right. and not get into the other stuff. But, Quinn, what was your first exposure or impressions of Bret Hart? My first exposure to him, he was kind of, you know, I think he was... He was a championship contender when I first got into wrestling. He was he had right. just lost it to Backlund. So you saw him against Diesel at the Rumble, I guess? I did. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you know, great match. Mm-hmm. Even I recognized that as a kid. And, you know, like yep. like we were saying, the excellence of ex- execution. I, you know, I got the gist. This guy is a good technical wrestler, right? Right. The greatest technical wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation. I felt he was the foil to my favorite wrestler. Right. So the reason I never felt 
partial to him as much was because of the fact that he was feuding with the guy that I liked the best. You were already a Sean guy. Right. And, you know, I respected him, but it wasn't like I was like, he's the best thing ever. Okay, Um, fair enough. What I did like as I continued to become a wrestling fan, a lot of my best memories with Brett are um, the Coliseum videotapes from like the like 92, 93, 94. Sure. Yep, yep. And he would always be kind of like the the star of those. He'd, yeah, after the Hogan era, he was, right. yes. And it was like fun seeing like, oh, what what are these weird Brett matches that are going to get dug up? And, right. you know, I just, I like that he was a guarantee like good match. He was. Right. If it was and televised, usually. Even yes. if it was, even if it wasn't, if it was on a tape, yeah. he was good. Yeah, like, yeah, you know I what agree. I mean? Like, yeah, sure. So, you know, he was. He was a consummate professional, and I did like the idea of the fact that he was international. I like that about him. Definitely. And, you know, as time went on, and I don't know if we've gotten there yet, when he made his heel turn, that really <laughs> stood out to me. God, what a run that was, yeah. too. And I want to get to that. Do you well, want to go through the the brief history? Yeah, brief history. Yeah. Um, Obviously, folks, he is part of the Hart family. We all know that. We we touched upon the Hart family a few episodes back. We and, sure did. And Keith and Bruce. Oh. <laughs> and um, Stu, of course. Right. It's wonderful. Stu, tell us exactly what you think about your son. It's wonderful. I'm just, why don't you go? Yep. And this is another favorite part of Bret Hart to me, but that that's His kind family. of making fun yeah. of him. But. I know, and that's fine. So, uh, you know, he was pretty much born to be a wrestler. Right. Obviously. He was wrestling royalty. Wrestling royalty. I he believe, was, did he come in in 84? Came in in 84, Quinn, yeah. But he wasn't just there. He was he was in Stampede before that. That was his main promotion. Right. I think he turned pro, I want to say, 76, 77. He wrestled in Japan, too. I think he, he was did, in Japan right? for a couple of tours yeah, in the early he, 80s, yeah. yeah. Okay. He met Dynamite Kid over there, I think, or New Dynamite Kid, and they wrestled over there. Tiger Mask or some shit, too. I think I would, he did. I would get I'm pretty guaranteed. sure he did. Yeah. So he comes to WWF in 84, I think August. Mm-hmm. I think he was Brett with two T's when he came in. <laughs> <laughs> we always joke about yeah. that. Why couldn't they get that right? I don't know. Like, I don't know why hard. it was so fucking hard. <laughs> and he was a face and he was a nondescript face. Right. He did that for about six months or so. And he teamed up eventually with his brother-in-law, Jim Neidhart. Right. And that's another thing. You know, they formed one of my favorite tag teams, also the Hart Foundation, and right. universally regarded as a great I tag love, team. Yeah, I I never had a problem with the Hart Foundation. Awesome and in tag fact, team. What's funny is, even though I'm a Sean fan, yeah, I've always thought the Hart Foundation was worlds better than the Rock. They are. Like, I'm not gonna, as you know, I'm not yeah. gonna sugarcoat it. It's just that's the way it is. I agree with you. I'm not even being biased. I mean, they just are. Yeah, they're a they better just, tag team. It's a better tag team. It's a better to me. It's a better mix because they're both yeah. not alike. They're it's not a the same thing. We've got technical guy and a powerhouse. Yeah. Like and it's like it works. Right. They weren't the same thing. Like Sean right. and Marty were interchangeable in the early right. days, and that that was considered an advantage in its own right. way. Exactly. But the the idea of opposites being together also was the Hart Foundation's strength. Yep. So and of course they were heels, Quinn. Right. They had a f- several years as they heels. They were great as heels. I think Brett, they were you know, he gets heels. remembered as a big baby face, but he could heal it up when he wanted to. Like, yeah. I always think of that time when the Hart Foundation was going to hit Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, they were helping They were uh, helping Honky. Honky hit her or whatever. Sure. They were pretty dastardly. Oh, my God. They were such assholes in yeah. that match. And I liked when Brett had the shitty sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Like, he looked more evil. Yes. And he, did you notice when he turned heel in the in the late 90s? He that stopped he, wearing the Hitman shades? And he had the, like, old school, yes. the, the aviator shades. <laughs> yep, yeah. he did. So, the Hart Foundation was a heel tag team. They um, eventually adopted, of course, the famous pink 
tights. Right. Which, and that was to be assy at first. Yes. It wasn't to be popular. No, no. Yeah. And it was they had the all pink shiny tights. Right. That's right. how that started. Yep. And that was like intentional. Like we're gonna look like really obnoxious assholes. Right, right. And it, it just it, it worked. It, it stuck. Worked. Yeah. I, and people and they had the mouth of the South with them. Jimmy Hart was no one liked. Yeah. You know? Why would you like and him? And his name is Jimmy Hart, henceforth. They yeah. were the Hart Foundation. It just all worked. It they all kinda worked. lucked out with that one. They did, because Neidhart happened to be his brother in law. And how does his name happen to be Neidhart? Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> okay, I always thought that was weird. Like, I was like, is, is he Nied? Like, his last name was Nied, and, like, yeah, he I adopted know. the heart? Like, I could never figure it out, but that's just a coincidence. Isn't that so weird? Yeah, baby! Yeah! I thought his nickname was Anvil Nied. Yeah, I thought <laughs> his I name... First... Well, I thought his real name was Jim Nied. I'm not kidding. And like, you thought they that, just added heart on? Yeah, because he married his sister or whatever, and they <laughs> just... To, to have continuity. Right. <laughs> I thought it was more like Jim... N e i d dash heart is right, what it right. should have been. Like, <laughs> That's funny. Jim Nied Hart. Nied Hart. Yeah. So they were a great tag team. They uh, turned face in '88. Right. They went on to feud with uh, teams like the Rougeos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Killer Bees. Killer Bees. Yeah. They had some good feuds. They had some good matches. Feud with the well, then feud with the Rockers, but they had some matches with the Rockers. Yeah. When both teams were faced. Yeah. Most notably, they they feuded with Demolition. That was their Demolition. That was their big big one. That when, put them over. When they won the tag titles back from Demolition at SummerSlam time, yeah. 90, that was awesome. Yeah. And not to say that when they won the tag titles initially from the British Bulldogs, that was, cool. that was a big deal, too. Yes. But it really felt like this is this team is like All these are number one team. kind of yeah. game guys. You know what I right. mean? Like, yep. that was just a fantastic match with Demolition. Two out of three falls. If I Two out of three falls. Recall. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then, of course, they lose them to the Nasty Boys at WrestleMania Joey's, 7. I, just, I know, right? I, you know what it is? It's like, I think the Nasty Boys were kind of shitty. They like, were shitty. I didn't ever like the Nasty Boys. A lot of people Boys. like them in retrospect. Them. They're sloppy and brawlers. You know what? Maybe we hate the Nasty Boys more because we hate Brian Nobbs. I don't like Nobbs at all. Yeah, I like Sags. You like Sags. I'm fine with Sags. Maybe that's why we hate it. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll go do a retrospective, see the Nasties before Ugh. they were WWFized. Because that's that, what I, Yeah, you know what? Yes. Like, I want to know, like, what was the deal with those guys? Like, what made them noticeable? I think in the 80s, they were kind of cool and they were standouts. Yeah. But back to Brett here. Yeah. So, of course, his first big singles push, finally, you know, he had a couple of failed ones in the 80s. Yeah, that was always unique to me, too. If, yeah. If we're talking about Brett here, it's like that that failed singles push. In 88 and 89, to me, that's yeah. interesting, actually. That they went That they went for it that early. Yeah, they did. They and, were like, let's try this out. Yeah, they, you know? they recognized that he was good on his own. He was. And so he beats Kurt Hennig, of course, for the IC title. Right. Drops it to the Mountie, which we talked about with Scott briefly. That was, he was just sick contract, or something. They contract were, negotiations. Oh, contract, yeah, right. covered, I always think sick because they say fake, it on the yeah. show, yeah. But then, of course, he beats Roddy Piper clean at WrestleMania 8. That was impressive. And that was a great match. Because Roddy the Piper never, never, never loses, loses ever. Is there a, there's a short list, right? Has he lost to Jacques Rougeau because everyone won't job to him for some reason? <laughs> I don't know, Quinn. So then, of course, the um, the Wembley Stadium against the Bulldog. Brett drops a title, right. and that's that's Brett's ascension to the main event. Yes, he drops um, t- he drops title Bulldog. He wins the title from Flair. Yeah, and I and I've read that the the Bulldog match was Brett politicking essentially to get a you know. To get into the main event, essentially, right? I don't know I, if I've that's true that. or not. The plan was always to get the IC title on Sean, right? But I'm saying they were. They, Brett was putting himself in a position to be 
I mean, it's possible. I I don't doubt it, but I know that Sean was always the next IC champion. Bulldog was a transitional champion. Oh, yeah. No, I totally understand that. I have no debate on that. It's I think Vince probably wanted to put Brett in the world title scene if he's going to put the IC on Sean. I I mean, honestly. Brett pushed for it more than Vince did. I wouldn't doubt it, but I don't know. So anyway, so Brett wins a world title and he adopts the gimmick of a fighting champion. Yeah. He's going to fight all comers and he does. Uh, yeah. He loses to Yoko with assault. Yeah. And this is, you know, during this period also, I think Gorilla did a good job putting him over. Gorilla. Vince did too. You I know? just, I always remember Gorilla interviewing him with the hat on in front of that stadium. <laughs> The hat. I like that you bring up Gorilla Bar in the hat. Gorilla in the hat. Oh, there you are. You're fighting champion, yeah, Brad. Yeah, he's, it's like, we're going to go over some matches. And that endless string of matches on that Coliseum tape where they yes. like, they're really like, we're putting, smack em, whack em, yeah. yeah, we're putting bread over. It's like, they might as well call it Hitman Hardem or I something. Know. I don't know. Hitman Hardem? Like, smack em, whack em. You know, oh, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Hitman Hardem. Yeah, I, I, that's not even a thing. But So anyway, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to go match by match and line by line here. But basically, when when Bret Hart became a singles wrestler, mm-hmm. he was. This is what I liked about him, and and now we'll just get into some general discussion here. He was always treated like a crafty, cagey, tough to beat technical wrestler. Oh yeah, he didn't make no bones about. It. He was rough. He Even, was rough. He was like he looked like he was going to hurt them, not to not hurt them to hurt them, but hurt more them to win. Hurt them to win. Yeah, he was going to do any submission hold it took. Yep. Um, and he was going to soften them up. He could also take a beating. That's the thing. His selling, yeah, is one of the reasons I really like him. Brett looked like he was getting his ass kicked, right? And you felt bad for the guy. There was an, like Daniel Bryan, yeah, you know, like one of those where yeah. it's like you just felt bad for this guy. Yeah, he was great at it, and he could, you know, that parlayed into being a good babyface too. Exactly, you could relate him to the kids, like you know, Santa Claus. Yeah, Bret Hart, and he was a. Stutter. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that that <laughs> was a funny. cheap shot. What is it you want most for Santa to bring you this year? Well, I want you to bring for me most. I want you to bring peace. And prosperity to everybody everywhere around the world. No, that's not Brett's fault. <laughs> and he was a smaller guy, and he didn't rely on power. He didn't rely on. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. He was so different from your Hogan's, you know, yeah, and stuff like he that. He was a drastic departure from what they had at the top before. He did wrestling moves, and he did a lot of them. Yeah. Now I know I want to address this because I know one of the biggest criticisms levied against him is the five moves to do. I, I want to just say, shut up, because here's why. <laughs> that's his. Finishing sequence. It's not the only fucking five moves he did. No, I mean, he, you know, I thought he was an innovator with that whole roll from the top thing he or whatever. He did all sorts of yeah. different moves and stuff. Yeah, he would he would do all sorts of stuff and he'd work on the leg right. in different ways, you know. And the psychology between the five moves of Doom was that he is going to throw his best stuff at you towards the end when yeah. he thinks he has you beat. You know what I do like about Brett? He's one of the only guys to do, you know, like a leg finisher kind of thing, but... But. but the big but is that he's actually aware that it's hurting your back. So his, and so he'll work on it. Yes. And nowadays, when someone does the sharpshooter, they're working on the legs yeah. so much. I'm like, that's not what this no. move does. The leg part of it is just to make it harder to get out of. Right. It's basically a Boston crab. Yeah. If you want to make the, the sharpshooter hurt more, you want to like hit them in the back right. a lot. Like So like one of the Brett's five moves of doom, so to speak, which I think Scott Keith actually coined that, right? I think so. Maybe we have to ask him, yeah. but was the backbreaker. Yeah. He did the atomic the inverted atomic drop to fuck you up and leave you prone so he can give you a bulldog or a Russian well, leg sweep. Even the atomic drop was right. deliberate lower in this black, case. In the lower, lower back. Yeah, lower yeah. back. It's, right. it's all it all works. Russian all leg sense. sweep. You land on your neck and back. I think the reason the five moves of doom partially are recognized so well 
is because they make so much sense in the context. I guess, but people you know, think that it's like lazy, but like it's no worse than the Hulk up big boot punches and all that shit. Okay, if we're going to approach wrestling in a in a more real manner in this case. Like Brett did. Like Brett did. Maybe a little too real. Wouldn't you use what works? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like It's like, I know these moves work on these guys. Uh-huh. Like, that's the I'm whole going point. to do these moves and I'm going to hit my sharpshooter and I'm going to win. Right. And that's why I'm the best. Yes. Like, that's what, it makes fucking sense. Yes, exactly. It makes sense. And it's no different, like I said, than the, the Hulk up, the three yeah. punches where Hulk's like invincible. Yeah. And the big boot and the light. It's better than that because it makes fucking sense. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, it, it. I just, I think it's a stupid criticism also. I do too. Because yeah. it's not all he did. Watch a Bret Hart match. He almost, ne- almost never wrestles the same match mm-hmm. he does yeah. all sorts of different shit he does a lot of stuff in fact a lot of times he doesn't even win with the sharpshooter he'll um, find a clever way to pin you yeah Think I, of he, Roddy- would, he would roll people up i used to yeah. like that he would actually finish people up with a um small package sometimes small package he won the title from diesel in 95 with a small package right, right yeah against piper he reversed a sleeper by flipping yeah. off the turnbuckle and i think this goes to another point about brett he was good at telling a story in a match he is one of my you know what he's he's the best in my opinion i'm sure there's some sean is good too sean's but... good i'm sure there's some guy whose last name ends with ishii in japan that's better but yeah. fuck him well okay? there is an ishii in japan but yes, it's not really a story i know quinn <laughs> sorry just being being exact here right but we're talking about North American yeah. wrestling here, yeah. okay? Intercontinental wrestling here. Right. Intercontinental. <laughs> Bret Hart had some killer psychology. Oh, yeah. Everything he did made sense. Mm-hmm. Everything that was done to him made sense. I think a match that gets overlooked as far as storytelling is his, I think it's his first match with Diesel, I want to say. King of the Ring 94? Is it that one? No, the Royal Rumble one. I'm sorry. That was great. That one's a good one where great. he's like underdog. A he's lot. the underdog and he's doing everything he can to make Diesel look good, too, by the way. Right. Yeah. There's also that. And obviously the Owen Hart match. WrestleMania stands 10. out. Yeah. That is. And I've said this. That is my favorite match of all time. I know it is. I've and, never but it, seen you know, one like You know it. why it's good? Because the storytelling's good. Storytelling is fantastic. It's got, it's got a pre-story with the whole Owen thing. The, yes. ma- the story of the match is interesting. Yes. I love that Owen counters his move that he used right. on Piper from WrestleMania 8. Yes. That's good storytelling. There's all sorts of stuff going on in that match that, right. you know, people look at Brett and all they think now is, you know, oh, Triple H, 4, four out, out of 10, 10 yeah. and all that shit. I thought it was mediocre at oh. best and maybe a 4 out of 10 or 3 out of 10. Fine. That's okay. I get it. He has said some stupid things. Now, here's the thing. He is full of himself. Let me just admit this. He is full of himself. Yeah, that's fine. But but I'm going to defend him here. You're you're going to be surprised. Yeah, I am. I think he has the right to say that stuff because he was so fucking good. He really was. Like, if anybody should be, like, making judgments on matches, it's fucking Bret Hart. He did bring it a lot of the time. Yeah. He probably knows to this day when he watches the matches, he can actually say, that's wrong. Don't do that. Do this. And he knows what to do instead of that. You know what I mean? And not like he's the only one, but yeah, he is one person that can say that kind of stuff. If there's any guy that should be working in the performance center, it's fucking Brett the Hitman Hart. Right. I know. He can help anyone be good. He had great psychology. He knew how to do things in a way that they mattered. Right. It wasn't, and and this isn't a knock on Cena, okay, so I don't want to, but it wasn't just like, do your shit, stand around, and do your shit again. Right. You know what 
what I mean? Like, and he wouldn't redo a spot like these guys no. do. No. Everything <laughs> Brett did had a purpose. Right. That's one of the reasons and I love watching his matches. Too. And he was safe. Yeah. And it looked real right. with him. His selling was good. The way he did moves looked good. Right. And here's one thing I wanted to, to also bring up here while I'm on the Bret Hart tangent. <laughs> I've heard people say, and I agree with it, that, you know, when it wasn't televised or if it didn't matter, he dogged it. Fine, I get it. But you have to remember something, folks. And Quinn, I think you'll actually back me up here. Mm-hmm. When you're on the road. <laughs> this is where, I, yeah, this is where I was going to defend him, too. 250, 300 days a year. Yeah. What? And your job is to do this every night. If you can honestly say that you put in 100% effort at your job every single day. Well, then you're a better person than I and you're a better person than Bret Hart. Well, first of all, nobody works this much in a normal <laughs> yeah, job exactly. anyway like, and beats their body up. Yes. You're, I mean, with the match quality Brett was doing on pay-per-view. Which and is Raw when it actually stu- did when, matter. And, and, and Sorry. All, when it did matter, you can't be putting a toll on your body every house show. Exactly. Um. So in I look at it that as it's smart. Yeah, it I do It may not too. be great for like fans going to house shows, no. but... I mean, even Brett would still bring it on, like, when he was younger, he would bring it a lot on, like, stuff that wasn't. Correct. Like I said, those Coliseum tapes and yeah. even some of those house shows um, that sure. are on the network now. Sure, exactly. Like a big Madison Square Garden show. Yeah. People I mean, want... I don't expect him to bring it in, like, Fairfield, New Jersey or something. In front of 800 people? Yeah, exactly. On a Thursday when he's just wrestled the night before or which had a is, flight? Which is probably happened because do. back then the WWF was, like, in high school gyms, so... <laughs> You know what I mean? That's I don't true. expect Brett to bring it in Sayreville High School gym. Right. You know what I mean? Just get an adequate match out of him. Let him go the hell home or to his next match or whatever. Right, right. It's just different. I mean, pay-per-view and TV is where the money was at and where the most people were watching. Right. Now, that's not to say you should suck every time, but I get it. I mean, dude, if the guy, you don't know what he was through the night. Any of these guys. I don't even criticize let's, Haku for yeah. doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's put it this way. You know, Brett did went did it right when it mattered. He did, and he brought it on pay per view you know, and like, on TV. If I can, if I can at least watch a show, and Brett's going to be good on it. Like I said earlier, yeah, it's going to be a guarantee. That's all I want out of the guy in, exactly. in the long run. And you think about some of these matches to wrap up here that Brett did have on pay per view that are awesome matches. We, you know, we mentioned the Piper at WrestleMania Eight, the Bulldog at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. Sean at Survivor Series. That's every pay-per-view in a row. Right. This isn't like a break or anything. Right. Yeah. Rumble 93 is not Brett's fault, let's be He's honest. He's good at the King of the Ring. Great at the King... It dragged a good match out of Yoko at, at WrestleMania. Okay. I mean, for yeah. what it's worth. Yeah. Great at King of the Ring. Great at SummerSlam with the Jerry Lawler doink thing. Mm, the Survivor Series okay. 93 thing sucked. Yeah. I'll admit that readily. That was also because of other problems. Every other brother except him and Owen. Yeah, and, and also the knights. The, the, the knights that were like, yeah, it was like what what something happened with Jerry Lawler. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. yeah. Uh, Rumble ninety four. We talked about with Scott the Quebecers match. Yeah, WrestleMania ten, King of the Ring ninety four against Diesel, SummerSlam ninety four against Owen. Yeah, I, you can go on and on. You can go on yeah. and on. Diesel again. Everything in a row. Even when they got to that in your house era, I remember he was always the highlight. Yes, it was him and Sean. Those were him, the and, him and Sean shows. Like Sean and Jarrett, Brett and Bulldog. They yeah. had some great matches on on yeah, pay per view. Exactly. And, and of course, obviously, we didn't touch upon this just briefly. Brett Austin, not only at WrestleMania 13. No, the Survivor Series. Survivor Series. That match is so underrated. Nobody talks about it. Because it got overshadowed. Right. But the actual Survivor Series match is awesome. Awesome. And it's totally different than the WrestleMania match. It is. Yeah, it is. Not only that, 
Brett versus fucking Undertaker had some good matches. Yep. Undertaker! Yeah, and this is not the Undertaker when he was, like, good in, like, after WrestleMania 20-something. <laughs> no, not Booger Red. <laughs> no, I'm when I'm talking when he turned into Undead Undertaker again. And I then do all, MMA. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he was good at wrestling. Yeah. Like, uh, he, I'm serious. I know, like, I know, he, I know. Like, he really just all of a sudden became a good wrestler. He turned 40 and he's like, I'm good now. Yeah, exactly. So he just turned it on. We're talking about the shit Undertaker yeah. that would wrestle Kamala and stuff on a regular basis. Brett got good stuff out of him. He got yeah. good stuff out of Sid. He got good stuff out of Diesel. Right. You know, he, he just put on great matches. He made it look real. He made it look like it mattered. And one more thing, and then we're done with this. He gets a lot of flack for his promos, and believe me, I understand, because early Brett promos suck. They did. That's fine, because despite your rage, you're still a rat in a cage, Diesel. 96 onward, 96, 97, he's awesome on the mic. Listen, he brought me one of my favorite <laughs> Raw endings ever, and it's a lot of him talking. And but you're going to hear some of it right now. Extremely frustrated over what has just happened. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Awesome's not the word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, Quinn, obviously, you know Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler. I believe he is your number three favorite. Somewhere around there, yeah. Right? He, he fluctuates. Sometimes but, I put Flair ahead of him, but... Fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I'm, Fair not gonna argue, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. I get why Bret Hart is, might not be your favorite wrestler, folks. I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm not coming out here and saying he is the best wrestler ever. I'm I'm looking at it holistically. Like I'm a wrestling fan, right? Right. When I watch my wrestling, I have a favorite. To, you want it to be good, and my favorite is Brett. You know, that's right. all, and that's fine. Everyone has their favorite. Everyone has their favorite. Brett is mine. Hopefully, your favorite podcast is OVP because OVP will be back right after this. Well, speaking of your opponents, I would imagine foremost. On your mind, Anvil, and of course, Brett, the Hitmans would be the tag team champions yeah, of the British Bulldogs. You're always asking us questions. Always asking us questions. Well, let me ask you a question, all right? See my guess. What exactly is a female dog? That's not what Brett called. It's called a bitch. It's the term. <laughs> a what? Oh, the terminology is a bitch. <laughs> That's the Bulldog's new manager. It's bad enough. It's bad enough that you gotta take orders from a dog, <laughs> but you gotta take orders from a bitch. <laughs> and welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us so far. Yeah, we've got one more segment to go, Quinn. But before we do that, I just want to remind you folks, check us out on the Twitter. You can tweet at us. You can ask us stuff. You can just say stuff to us. That's fine, too. Yeah, we're always available we're, to talk. We we respond quick, I got to say. Yeah, we're pretty good at that. We're on top of that. Give us a little Barry Horowitz pat on the back. That's right. A little. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's at OVP podcast. Of course, you can email us at OVP podcast at Gmail dot com. That is OVP podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, we are other places. Where are we? Uh, we're in various places. Uh, iTunes. Yes. Yep. Uh, and you can leave a review on iTunes that we would be much appreciated. Much, wow. Yeah, we'd yeah. be very in your debt. In your uh, debt. In your debt. Indebted. Indebted is yeah, good. Is, that, is yeah. that a good word for That's that? That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it helps get the word out. And, it does. Um, you know, 
Cole Cabana, we're coming for you. We are coming for and Ed Ed Bagley, Ed too. Bagley Junior. Yeah, that jabroni, jabron. But um, also, you can listen to us on Google Play Music. Yep, Stitcher, Stitcher, FM Player dot feet, yep. whatever it is. Gorilla's and, gone. So, and, oh, sorry, Gorilla. <laughs> uh, and Blueberry. Yeah, Blueberry. Yeah, we're we're everywhere. We're all over the place. OVPPodcast dot com, of course. Yeah, OVPPodcast dot com, the website, YouTube, YouTube, not uh, Daily Motion. Yeah, and we got email and all this. <laughs> and yeah. we're not on MySpace yet, right? Yeah, we will be though. I heard. Yeah. I heard a rumor. I'm not going to make any guarantees. <laughs> okay. Well, folks, this is a uh, time to review something. Quinn, we're reviewing something. It's that time. We watched WWF Shotgun Saturday Night. It was interesting. All it right? was interesting. It, as I always say, it was a show. It was a show. Yeah. It happened from February second, nineteen ninety-seven. Or yep. February 1st, excuse me. Now, what was Shotgun Saturday Night, if you weren't familiar with it? Basically, what it was... ECW, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it was WWF's attempt at um, doing something ECW-esque. First of all, they succeeded because I couldn't fucking find it anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just like ECW. You gotta go through, like, VHS tapes and, like, yeah. trade with nefarious people or something. <laughs> and it's the same way with a YouTube search. This is, like, the modern-day version where you're looking yeah, on weird fucking we places. couldn't even find it on YouTube. We're like, we want to watch Shotgun. Where is it? And like, you know, we we looked in the various providers, but you know, they were all not these kind. The one where they were in the weird place. Yeah, and like, not only that, we wanted to watch one of the ones from when they were still in nightclubs and stuff right, like that. That's that was what, hard. Yeah, that was actually hard to find. So if um, Richard Land, maybe that that could be a little pet <clears> project. <throat> Yeah, you know? get some old shotguns up, Richard, if you're listening. Just just the nightclub ones, because none of the other yeah. ones matter after that. The first, like, four or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, whatever that the, <laughs> yeah. well, we'll go into um, the, yeah. the, the setting here. Yeah, the setting. So basically, folks, this is their attempt at doing the ECW thing, but I want you to bear in mind, this is before Raw became Raw is War. Right, this is early and all that. This is, yeah, this is February. Now, this so, is post-Pillman's Got a Gun, so we're kind of in... Yeah, we're, we're, would you can say we're in the pre-attitude yes. attitude era? That's what you we, and I always talk about, the, the pre-attitude the era. Yes, we the, coined that term? Yep, they were like getting an attitude. Right. They were like they, adolescent they, era. I wouldn't say they had it just yet, but no. they're, they're, they kind of have it. <laughs> they were this getting is, it. We're, we're right before uh, Brett uh, said this is bullshit. Yep, we're right before that, like we heard earlier. Yeah. So, so what, what that's the frame of time frame we're in. Exactly. frame of time frame. Frame of time frame. Now, I noticed when this opened, there's an NY55 logo on the screen. You know, that brings up a good point. You had said it's hard to find. It is. I never saw it when it aired. I remember... That this was on some weird fucking syndicate at the time. Yes. In in my area, and that it was so hard to find, and I even stayed up, and I remember, I think I stayed up once, I, like, begged my dad, mm-hmm. and, like, I looked, and I couldn't find it, so I just kind of used it as an excuse to stay up, but, like, <laughs> yeah, like... I was like so excited for it, and then I go searching around on the TV, and it's not there. Yeah, same here. I, um, Quinn and I were both from Jersey, but before we went to middle school together, we lived in different towns. Right. So we actually had different cable companies, I think, yeah. for some of it anyway. And especially because it was on Saturday, I'd be at my dad's, and right. he, he got the Philly stations. Right. Because he was like in central or lower South se- lower, Central, South Central, lower <laughs> Jersey. Central Jersey. Yeah. So yeah. And this was a syndicated show, like Quinn mentioned. It wasn't on like USA Network. Right. It was whoever the fuck would pick it up. Yeah, it was, when, whatever time they wanted to put it on. What is even New York Fifty Five? I'm serious. Is that a Fox affiliate? I think it's a Long Island. 
Oh, I don't know if it's Fox or if it was like independent. Well, the logo looked foxy. That's Media. why. Foxy. foxy lady, right? Yeah. So we get the open Quinn and we're outside with none other than Todd Pettengill. With a goatee. With a goatee. He looks badass. He this does. is the best Todd has ever looked. <laughs> he does. I'm not kidding. Crew cut, no mullet. Yeah. It, now his hair is verging into the early Michael Cole territory, <laughs> but um, <laughs> he still looks good here. He looks good here. Where he actually we, looks hip. He looks a little hip. Where we are, folks is the Mirage nightclub in New York City. Which is tiny. It's very tiny. Yeah. And we get a clip of Ahmed from the first shotgun, which was only like a month earlier, doing yeah. the infamous Pearl of Pearl River plunge to D'Lo Brown. On top of a car. On top of a car. Yeah. And then we get a nice little interview with Paul Bearer and Vader outside. And now, this is a little funny. So, yeah, this first is of funny. all, Vader's, like, in, like, a white hoodie, yeah. and he's, like, digging through the trash for some reason, like, not explaining. <laughs> Paul, Paul Bearer just looks perplexed, but he's still dressed as Paul Bearer, yes. even, like, outside in, like, <laughs> the street of New York. At midnight. Like, yeah, he looks like an idiot. This was live, by the way. Yeah. And then, out of nowhere, man kind saunters across the street from an alleyway and almost gets hit by a car and he's got a jean jacket yeah he's on got it. a jean he looks okay this is very interesting he looks like the later version yes, of mankind because he has he sweatpants on and and sneakers yes he does. white sneakers and he's got his mask on and too. he's got his mask on but with a jean jacket from like ecw <laughs> yeah so we cut to the big like i called this a big 1990s new york city intro right quinn yeah lots of clips of new york and construction workers and taker and, looks like biker taker in yeah, what the fuck was that, that was really that was weird. weird it literally with the bandana sunglasses hair back yeah like, weird exactly so we open the show it's hosted by vince McMoo. yeah and sunny Ooh, sunny Ooh, sunny this is good sunny a young spry a sunny young spry not too drunk sunny <laughs> exactly and we open with our first match which is the aforementioned the man they call a hoodie-wearing Vader. Yeah, there he is, versus Ahmed, Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> yep. Now, Vader still has his white hoodie on when yeah. he comes to the ring. So, good continuity, by the yes. way, because they definitely filmed that, you know, probably a couple minutes yeah, before this right. aired. A little it, earlier. Yeah, a little earlier, at least when it was dark. Mm-hmm. They could have filmed it at, like, what, it's the winter, so they could have filmed it at, like, 8 or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly, but he's still got the white hoodie, dressy yeah. hoodie on. Yeah. And when you mentioned to me, the lighting is so shitty it's during real, the entrances. Yeah, you can't see anything. Like, they're, it looks like they're walking through a crowd, and there's even security guards surrounding them like it's UFC or some shit. Yeah, it's really interesting. This the is, entrance is very narrow. Very narrow. We're there's in a not, nightclub. There might not even be an entrance. They might just be moving people out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Like, I could, I didn't see a distinct entrance. You're ever. right. I didn't like, know where they were coming from. Yeah, it was very weird. So Mankind charges into the broadcast position, and he says, I like how this happens. <laughs> Headphone feels against my missing ear. I like how this headphone feels against my missing ear. Uh, Mankind was great back then. Like he, he like really got it. Like he it was like it. it's I, Mick. Yeah, I sh- you know my gimmick is that I'm deformed and you know I should be talking about how this headphone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that was smart. He also says to Vince, "He's the man you call Vader, but he's the man I call friend." Yeah, Sunny <laughs> acts like Mankind really smells. Yeah, she-, she keeps doing this, by the way, yes. as the show goes on. So I had said this. I guess we'll touch on this now. I, yeah. I said it or later in the show. Yeah, but Sunny acts like a young mother the way she talks her cadence her cadence meaning that she's still like hip right right but she tries to like mask everything she's saying if it's bad like she'll be like you're you 
stink butt or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she talks the way your mom would talk to you when you're a right. kid, right? Like, yeah. Oh my God, I hope he doesn't want to get distracted tonight. I don't know if I could take it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And in the midst of all this, Ahmed enters with his two by four. It's that era, Quinn, Ugh. where Ahmed always had a two by four. Yeah. He was it, like Jim Duggan all yeah, of a sudden. He was what, with was the this nation. About? Yes. I, you know, I really hated this Ahmed Johnson, <laughs> just as an aside. Yes. And you know what? I kind of liked him when he first came in. So did I. And then he becomes this, like, I don't know, he's just picking a fight with the nation. Like, they well, wanted they, to be his friend. Don't you remember that? Did they? Yeah, they offered him a spot in the nation. They didn't do anything to him. No, Farouk kicked him in the back and broke his kidney or something. That was after he didn't Gladiator accept Farouk. it. No, that was early. That was Are Farouk's you sure? debut. Farouk's debut, he kicked him. Okay. Anyway. Sorry, I misremembered. I don't remember Gladiator Farouk. I don't no have... No one should. I mean, I remember him. I just... I remember Sonny managed him, but I don't remember, like, he was around for like a week. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> now, you mentioned to me, Quinn, and this is a good point. You mentioned the security. When Ahmed comes out with the security, it it looks like he's got the nation of domination with him. Right. It's, it's funny. really weird. Like, he does look like nation. I, I thought for... Didn't I ask you? Yes. I was like, was he in the nation at this point? Right, I'm like, right. no, he isn't. And so Vader takes a chair from the broadcast table. And this and- is where it gets... Yeah. already different because like chairs what yeah <laughs> mick is awesome on commentary he's like we are not the nation of domination <laughs> yeah, that's what he said you know what's funny he's already like having those like um mick foley isms where he's like he's a nice guy in this like setting of like yeah. chaos and he like doesn't i'm just uh, we're yeah. not the nation of domination <laughs> and you know the match hasn't started yet i swear and quinn you can corroborate here yeah these entrances have taken like five minutes yo this show is short yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's very short. It's one and hour. This and- opening takes fucking forever. Yes. And this is one hour. And unfortunately, no commercials in this YouTube. No, no. We don't. We can't Sorry. report on that. We can't report week. on the commercials. But anyway, this is interesting, Quinn. Yeah. Because it's 1997 and they're yeah, trying to be edgy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the on-screen graphics, they have these quote-unquote witty subtitles under their names. May, may I read them? Because I was really into Go them. Go ahead. So the first one, Ahmed, comes out. First of all, it just says Ahmed. It doesn't say their last names <laughs> yeah. or anything. It says Ahmed and it says, scares Mike Tyson. Ha ha ha. And then Vader's come out and it says... Can't wait for the OJ verdict. Really funny. And this is the first OJ reference because yeah. they reference it's it again in another one. one of those witty lines. God, what, was somebody would... watching the trial that day or something? Vince, it wasn't even, it was the civil trial going on. This is 97. Well, they want it to be hip. It, <laughs> you know, Vince being hip is like, he's sick. This is, this is in the time when Vince was like six months behind instead right. of four years behind. Good so point. this is like really new for him. Good point. Good yeah. point. So finally, the match starts. <laughs> and... I noticed, Quinn, you noticed too, there's yellow ropes on the ring. Yeah, it looks literally exactly <laughs> the same as NXT with the black mat, everything. It's very true. It's the same fucking thing. Like, yeah. it's just in NXT in a nightclub. <laughs> basically, right? and Mike Kyoto uh, is the referee. Yep. So basically, we get a bunch of punching. Literally, this match so far is just a bunch of punching. Yeah, okay, so this is interesting to me only because one of the common complaints about matches, if they're bad, is that there's punching. But this is one of the first times I've noticed literally zero moves for yeah. like an extended period yes. of time, like a long, long time. It's punching, punching, and punching, punching, and a little bit more punching. And then, Quinn, you said this is the worst match ever. It might be. <laughs> like, I'm seeing there was no there was only wrestling move at like the very end. I think the first wrestling move in the whole thing was an Irish whip. Yes. We basically get um, some punching and then uh, a couple of stomps. By <laughs> now Ahmed. we got some kicking, some variety. 
And then a jumping punch. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, like you said, Quinn, our first wrestling move is an Irish whip into a spine buster. This is 10 minutes into this show, I feel <laughs> yes. like. The, the first wrestling move happens. This is how the to be entrances, hip. and yes. then the punching, and then, <laughs> then we finally get an Irish whip and a spine buster. So the, <laughs> mankind wanders into the ring, and then, of course, we go to commercial. Did they? Yes. Oh, okay. We come back from commercial. Inexplicably, Ahmed is just down. Yeah. Vader is just like dicking around over him. Yeah. And then this is the best part because we mentioned Mankind's outfit, right? The yeah. green sweatpants, the, yeah. the jacket. Yep. He says he's in his Sunday best, <laughs> and then Vince is like, this is Saturday. Yeah. Which I disagree with Vince because this aired at like midnight, midnight. so it is Sunday. But Mankind's like, well, I'm not going to change tomorrow. <laughs> Nick's just awesome on commentary. Yeah. I'm, I said, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody's drinking. It sounds like everyone's got like a drink or two even in them. Vince. Yeah, even Vince. Like, Vince is very loose during this. Yeah, they're in a fucking nightclub. Yeah, but what's funny is Vince is very loose, but I do notice in the background at one point, he's still, like, hip Vince is Vince wearing jeans, but with his, like, jacket, blazer, blazer yeah. jacket on. Like, that's hip Vince. <laughs> yeah, it's hip Vince. Mid-90s hip Vince. Quinn, you know what we have in this match? More, punching? More punching, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Quinn says yeah. to me, this is literally an excuse for the superstars to go to a nightclub while they're working. Yep, it's it's an excuse to drink on the job at, at a nightclub, and, and it's, a, it's a little break from the house show schedule, right? <laughs> exactly. So a Vader bomb attempt, but Ahmed gets up and kicks Vader in the ass, and then more punching. Lots more punching. And then Mankind runs in with a chair, but Ahmed gets it and hits him. And you, Quinn, you you notice this. The crowd is just vaguely yelling yes. so the, the whole time. Yeah, this is weird. Like, I don't think the crowd's rooting for really anything. I don't even think they know what this is. <laughs> they, like, came to get drunk and, like meet women or women meet men one or the other and they, they're, they're like oh there's a wrestling ring that's pretty unique and they're just kind of standing around yelling they're probably like talking and like flirting with each other right. like and drinking like that's pretty much this yeah, whole show it's just you hear like just it's like you're in a bar that's yeah, what it's, it sounds it's literally like you're hearing like but it's loud it's loud and like i can see why they were punching because i said this i made this this is a valid excuse yeah if you're wrestling a match Right. And everyone is loud for everything you're doing. Why the hell would you change it up? Yeah, just keep punching. Yeah, keep punching. Ever, they love it. Who cares? Like, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So then mankind just goes, he like crawls back yeah. to the headset, like all yeah. like yeah, funny. He, yeah, he crawls back. And then we get a, a promo for Sunday morning, Sunday morning superstars. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's when the it got USA shitty. version. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention the match was a DQ of some kind. I don't know. After like all these chair shots and stuff, yeah. but now it's di disqualified. Just vaguely yeah. a DQ. Yeah, weird. So then we come back and Todd is with the headbangers and Thrasher dumps what on himself? Hot wax. Why? So he's, is this like S&M? Like, is he like, oh, he's so like hip and like the kids are doing the weird stuff nowadays because it's the 90s. Right. So he's like dumping hot wax on himself, which by the way, I swear there's no candle or anything that he's literally just got like a cup of like, <laughs> like kind of dis discolored water yeah, and he's like dumping it on it him and he's like ooh look at me <laughs> is this uh Muggsy what's his name what Ruth Muggsy Ruth Glenn what's, Ruth Glenn Ruth Muggsy uh, yeah what's what the hell are you thinking of Otis what yeah the the, the guy what was his name when, when he was the when he was that character Threat Mosh that's his different oh, that's the other one Winky what was it <laughs> I've been telling you no 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 what was it um, Chaz no not Chaz when Beaver he went, Cleavage Beaver Cleavage that's it that's the other headbanger yeah Winky remember that whole thing you don't remember Winky Winky he's from Pac-Man 
Anyway. So, I was saying, do they want us to think because because they're crazy, they go into nightclubs? Like, and all the next match is Bulldog versus Mankind. We're really, like, fucking this up right now. Do we have to... No, this is great. <laughs> okay. We don't need to edit any We're of not this. editing. Winky. We're not editing this winky. So you you said to me when Bulldog is very out of place. Yeah, he looks weird here. <laughs> he does. He looks so weird. Like Vader fine, so mankind he's, fine. He's he's in his like speedo with the with the floppy things on his legs where he looks like the ultimate warrior. <laughs> You know what I mean, right? Yeah, season's Jack's like yeah, season three Jack's figure. Season three figure. That's what you had said. Uh, so mankind is still on commentary, yes. even though he's supposed to be in the match. Yeah, yeah. So mankind just yeah, he's still he's talking, and he's almost like I don't want to go. Yeah, like that's basically funny. like what he's doing here. And Bulldog is over as a face. This is during that period of time where like everyone liked Bulldog again, but he's yeah. still a heel. Now, okay, so this is the the moniker, the, yeah. the, the stupid shit that they write underneath. So Bulldog, it just says Bulldog, I think, and it says, just got his green card. What? Like, what? <sighs> yeah, they're terrible. So Bulldog finally attacks Mankind at the table. Yeah, and then he rips his, his jean jacket off, which yeah. is sad because he really liked that jacket. It, yeah, I know. And Mankind crawls back to the table and <laughs> says into the headset, I just want to talk. Yeah, he literally he's getting dragged away and he's like i just want to talk and like <laughs> bulldog attacks him again i just want to talk and at this point i noticed that billy silverman the wcw that ref, was is weird right yeah, I I, how do you think he was how long was, was he in a few WWF? years a few years was but he, he was all during the attitude era no he was like 90 i want to say like 94 to 97 that's, or something like that's that. strange he's not like a yeah. notable ref yeah so a headlock by mick yeah. you know at a nightclub you know, whatever, right? And, and then mankind falls onto this like stage table okay, thing. I want to address this because they're like on a, they're like on a table. You know, the announcers, right? But there's this like it's almost like a circular table next to them. But yes, if you look at it from the reverse angle, it's got like tiling, like it's a stage. Yes, but the material it's on looks like a like a one of those round like conference tables yeah, or something it's very weird and, and this is where you say to me quinn there's supposed to be a stripper pole yep. in the middle but they I took it away when they went to the reverse angle i realized that literally there was supposed to be a stripper pole there mm-hmm. and actually later there is a stripper we'll get to yeah. that yep that's true yeah so we get back to the ring and then we cut away to todd in the crowd with savio vega savio tells him to get the hell out of his face to be fair i would have said that to todd also just get the hell out of my face right now well, I would have said it to Savio Vega because he <laughs> fucking sucks. He, literally, the only thing different about him in this heel turn is he has a trench coat and sunglasses. He's literally got the stripy shirt and it looks like an idiot. What was that shirt, by the it way? It sucked. <laughs> it really The only thing good about Savio Vega was the music. It's like, do, 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 do. His music's awesome. Yeah. Like, you oh, know, man. Like, his music's yeah. great. His music was good. But, like, his shirt looked like Venetian blinds. <laughs> he was like a fucking dentist office. Now, he was Quang, right? He was Quang. <laughs> Yeah, just 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 let's bring just him to back further to, make yeah, him bring sound him back like down shit. to earth. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get a shot of Paul Bear and Quinn. It's Paul yeah. Bear is holding the urn that you yeah. don't like. Can it's you the, explain it, why? It's the bowling trophy version <laughs> where it's got like handles on it. Why what? do they do that? I don't know. Okay, here's another thing about the urn. Remember when the urn was new and it was like huge? The no, that was like the. 
The Return of the Urn. Oh, what am I thinking of? Yeah, The Return of the Urn okay, in so, SummerSlam 94. Okay, that's it. The Big Urn. What happened to that? Or why does it keep changing? I think Kama stole that and why melted it, it down. Why does it have handles? Oh, right, because they had to remelt down the Kama gold back into this new urn. Okay, I remember But now. why did they need handles on it? He never I, held it by the handles. <laughs> well, maybe it was because like they were like, look, we're going to make it look really good after you fucked it all up. So now it's got like deluxe handles on it. And now he, well, he's going to need the handles so that Kama can never get it back. He can hold on to it. You ever think of that? I don't think so. Vader strolls out, <laughs> like literally strolls out. Yes, he, he like, not, it's not like he runs to the ring for interference. He's just like, I am here. I want to, <laughs> like, he looks like he wants to go get a drink at the bar. <laughs> and he like happened to walk the wrong way and there's a wrestling ring near him. <laughs> Vince calls a kick out in the match a cool out. A cookout. A I, cookout? Another typo. Sorry. I'm doing good with the typos. Yeah. Remember, he's like, oh, there's a cookout. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kick out. Yeah, v- Vince is drunk. We get to another cookout. Rather kick out. <laughs> cookout comes later. And uh, He is. He's got to be, right? Yeah. And then so we know like Quinn said, Vince is wearing jeans, and then Quinn says, I hate the Vince trying to be hip thing. Yeah, only the only time he was good hip is when he had the do-rag in ECW. <laughs> and it was ironic, And yeah. he had the ECW championship, but he, like, knew he was funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was amazing. That was funny. That's my favorite version of Vince to this day. Not, really? not the one everyone likes when he was like, get out, get out. I like the, the hip, like, he would, like, dance around. The and, do-rag. Like, he's like, I beat Bobby Lashley. Like, he was, like, so proud of himself. I was happy when he beat Lashley. Lashley yeah. sucked. Yeah, that guy he, stunk. He, that was really he was really bad. He was really bad. So there's still a match going on, and it's it's decent. It's okay. The it's ma- not. Let's just say this from the yeah. Best, the, before we go any go further, ahead. the matches on this don't really matter. No, no, no. At all. They They're don't. not good. And that's one of the problems, which we'll talk about yeah. at the end here, but it's decent. Vader yeah. uh, drops Bulldog on the guardrail twice while Mankind's distracting the ref, and Mankind gets the pin. Now, this was probably the best match, actually. It was. To be fair to the whole show, but that's yeah. not saying much. No, it's not, but it was the best match of the show, and Quinn, we get the piano outro music, which you really like. I always thought this was one of the best parts about Mankind, that he had that piano outro. I loved There's, it. I can't think of a wrestler before or since that had different music yep. when he came to the ring yep. and different music when he won the match. I think he, he was definitely the first, and I think he's the only. Yeah. And the piano outro, it's like, I like it because it's almost like twisted. Yes. And it's like... Pretty. You know, it's yeah, really it's pretty, nice. but he's just caused all this destruction. Yep. Yeah. And then while this music is playing, Vader and Mick beat up the Bulldog for fun. No yeah. real reason. During the piano music. Yeah, during the piano music. And then... Ahmed of all people. Now, remember Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Yeah, Hacksaw Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. Remember, folks, Bulldog's a heel. Right. Technically. Yeah, this is weird. Ahmed runs in with a two-by-four. We cut to, to to chase the heels off. We cut to Todd with Paul Bear and Vader and Mankind wander over also. Yeah. And the meantime, Bulldog and Ahmed in, in start... ring still. Yeah, start arguing in the ring. And we got like a split screen so we yeah. can kind of see what's happening here. And this is funny because Vince is like, Todd, turn around, Todd. Yeah. Turn. Like, he's almost directing the show. Like, this doesn't yeah. sound like Todd turn around, like, as a trying to make it exciting. I know. This literally sounds like, Todd, you're fucking it up, turn around. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> Like, almost like Todd missed his cue or something. Right, exactly. So then we get a... Um, this is completely out of place uh, in this show. It is, because we go to Doc Hendricks in that... Remember that, like, merchandise living Where room? Where his face <laughs> is, like, on the wall when he had the dicky mustache, because he yeah. doesn't have the mustache here. Wait, <laughs> hell! And he's, like, looking up. Like, I'm yeah. talking sideways in the mic because I'm doing yeah. it, but yeah. he. This is that, like, promo room where there's yeah. always the cardboard cutouts. I remember it had this specific music, but it's not here. It was like, dee, dee, 
I believe like, you. Yeah, it's real. You could probably look that up somewhere. I might. Yeah. But anyway, we come back to um, Henry Godwin. Yes. In front of, of the stripper. stripper. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was right. I called it. And Phineas is on commentary. Which so. he's not bad. And he's not. We'll by get the way, to him credit that. to Phineas as a person Dennis right now. Knight, he, yeah. Dennis Knight is a, sh- a sh- full-blown chef. Like, yes. he's a real, like, legit respected chef somewhere. He seems like a nice guy. He always yeah. struck me as a nice guy. Yes, in all he does. seriousness. I, I think people really liked him. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude. So, so we get Savio Vega, your favorite, yep. against Road Dog, but it's not Road Dog, it's Jesse James. Yep. Double J Jesse James, actually. And the my favorite music <laughs> plays. But yes. it doesn't play. It doesn't play. But That's the problem. It plays in our room. It plays in our head. <laughs> and we start singing it in the middle of this match. Yes, yeah, so we get the second OJ joke, Quinn, which is that Savio Vega is an alternate OJ juror. Yes. Like, it, that's what really? That's what it says underneath it. So he yells at the crowd and his mic doesn't work. This version of Double J stunk. Like, this version of Road Dog, Brian James, Jesse James, whatever. Yeah, it was horrible, but the music was so damn catchy. In fact, Quinn, you say, I hope he wins so we hear the song. Yes. <laughs> now, I, I All I want to do is hear the song. I want to be with my baby tonight. So that's why we're playing it right now as yeah. we're talking. Yeah. Because this is what Quinn and I focused on the whole time. Literally, this match is so long, and all it consisted of was them fighting as we sung the Double J song. <laughs> it's true. Like, so, you also brought up, Quinn, remember when Honky wanted to manage him? Yes. This is an interesting thing about all this, is that I always thought, was that what? the whole reason the New Age Outlaws formed is because Honky thought he was going to be a big deal manager, <laughs> and he got them together, and they both stunk rockabilly. And double check. Yeah. And then once they were brought together, it was like the best tag team of all time. I know. Like, there was some nice continuity on the commentary where Sonny references Phineas still being in love with her. Yes. And they also are kind of playful with each yeah, other. Yeah, they're being funny with like, each other. I almost got the impression that Sonny, like, you know, like they're they're good friends in yeah. the back, but that they like hug and like all this. Yeah, know? I know. So, like, like Quinn mentioned, we spent this entire match, and I'm not making this up. As we're watching this, we're just singing lyrics. To we the were song. making up lyrics. We're to like, this. Savio Vega really sucks. Like, all yeah, that. all that shit. Like, <laughs> it's maybe so good. this yeah. match will end. This song How is so in the good. world is this so long? <laughs> Doing that on the fly. But anyway, so yeah. Phineas says they got grandma out of jail after Christmas. Okay. He's actually funny, though. Yeah, did you laugh? Did you laughed. think that was funny? I thought it was funny. So Sonny's like, kiss my feet. This is the mom stuff right here. Yes, <laughs> very mom stuff. Yeah. This match is so boring. It sucks. It's a shame that his music's so good and he's such a bad wrestler. I know. This match is so bad. Honestly, like, I, I felt like I was watching an episode of Primetime from 91, like the variety show era. Yeah, it's Where they true. didn't care anymore. Right. And then next week, where's Shotgun from, Quinn? Penn Station. Penn Station, which yeah. Phineas misinterprets as Penn State. Now, the crowd is no longer yelling through everything. They're kind of mumbling through everything. Yeah, well, they're getting drunker as the show goes on. <laughs> so. so Savio wins with some, like, kick shit <laughs> no. after 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you... <laughs> no, but Savio had this sidekick thing. I always thought that this move was kind of shitty. But also, at the same time, like, it looks like a good, like, wrestling video game move. Did you ever think of that? Like, it, no. It, it just, anytime I see that move, it reminds me of hitting square in the SmackDown games, and it would do that if you hit it three times. Okay. 
<laughs> Maybe that's just me. Maybe it is just you. So Todd is with the waxy headbangers, mm. and what the fuck was this, Quinn? Mosh pukes <laughs> oh, on God. Thrasher or yes. something? Is this like the prelude to Draws? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he literally pukes on him, and it happens, and everyone's all stunned, and they're like all happy about it, and then it goes to commercial, and they come back, and they show us a replay of it, but the replay's fucked up. It like cuts out when Ugh. he puked on him but they're like oh it's so disgusting like, can you believe this just happened why do i want to see that now so we get headbaggers versus the godwins this is our main event i believe uh, right yes but before that we get more stripper so yeah they're having a hard time getting henry to the ring because <laughs> he's still he's in just, front of the stripper and phineas has to like kind of hey yeah we're having a match and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> hey, look, guys, look how edgy we are, strippers and puking. You know how everybody thought puking was so cool? <laughs> like, literally, you know that whole draws thing when his gimmick was puking? Yeah. I thought that was stupid so when I. I was a kid. And so I liked I. gross things. I liked yeah, Chucky right. and all South that garbage. Yeah, South Park. Farts. And, yeah. And <laughs> I thought that was just dumb. It was He's dumb. gonna puke. <laughs> Why the fuck that shit? <laughs> I know. I agree with you. So the bell rings to start the match while the goblins are still with the stripper and yeah. I'm just like this better be quick I'm getting restless at this point with this fucking show we start of course with a headlock <laughs> like every match way to make this a cutting edge show by the way yeah see, this is the problem is like you have these like WWF boring style matches from the mid 90s yeah like you have the from the mid 80s it yeah, feels like you have like the new generation era type wrestling but trying to be ECW in like an ECW setting it it's doesn't weird. work yeah. like Salvatore Bolomo could have been in these matches you know what I mean that's how nondescript <laughs> like, and boring they I are I like that you wrote this in the notes you said unless something happens I refuse to take notes on this match <laughs> <laughs> the crowd is now even quieter than before yes they're, I mean they're getting ready to like go to the next nightclub right right pretty much and yeah. quinn as we note that there's some hammer locker reversals and headlocks yeah. you're like yeah this is neither the time nor place for this right we're not why are we doing chain wrestling in yeah. the fucking mirage well, nightclub it's funny we're saying that though because at the beginning we were annoyed about the punching but now it just seems like stupid to not just keep doing that that's like, a good point yeah. right and then as this is going on we're still singing double j's <laughs> yeah. theme song yeah it's so good just turn it on again <laughs> so even vince is starting to sound tired yeah he's he, i mean he's probably been at this nightclub longer than the yeah. show so <laughs> he's probably been there since like 4 p.m yeah and even yeah it's just it's not good <laughs> now um, the best part here we get another promo for the penn station show next week and they say the public is invited <laughs> no shit they are it's a it, fucking train station you can't tell them like i have to go to my train no we're having a wrestling match here you can't right now no we gotta watch mosh <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and gold dust yeah. or some shit so you're gonna be late to work today yeah. Salvatore Sincere is wrestling. Hey, but hey, Salvatore Sincere, what is the pug going to be there? <laughs> so this match sucks so much. Quinn and I at this point started veering into a discussion about Penn Station yes, versus this Grand is Central. True. We were discussing about how like Penn Station, like they messed it up when they re renovated it in like the 60s or something. Yes. That it used to look nicer than Grand Central. And I was saying that like Grand Central is very majestic, you know, and it, I don't I think Turtles, too. Is that true? The secret of the ooze where they the have ooze. the ooze where they um <laughs> where they, <laughs> the, ooze. Where, the ooze with Kino with Kino yes yeah. 
a little too raff. Yeah, a little too raff. Where they it get, does have that line in it, it also. Does. Where they get the underground like subway station thing, mm-hmm. right? I think some of that architecture. Remember how it's really nice looking. I think yeah. some of that is based on Grand Central. Is that true? Yeah, and I've never personally, believe it or not, Quinn. I've never been to Grand Central. I never had a reason to I'm use either. it. I'm always at Penn. I always I'm from go to Jersey. Penn. It We're from pops Jersey. Right in Penn. You don't right go to Grand Central. But okay, I just want to pause this for a moment. This was this end of the show for us. That conversation we just had. Right yeah, there. because basically all that happens is they brawl into the crowd and the show goes off the Good air. Good night. Like basically, you basically, yeah. literally, it's like there were like eight seconds left, and it's like ah, oh, good, good night. I, Literally, the way they did that and put the, um, you know, the watermark at the bottom or whatever yeah. at the end, I thought the tape was going to cut off. Mm-hmm. They did all of the last part of it in literally six seconds. I'm yeah. not kidding. Yeah, no, like, it's real. It's yeah. real. So that was that. Overall, what do you think, Quinn? Um, I actually thought it was kind of fun, but at the yeah. end, I got a little tired. Yeah. Like I said, like I critiqued earlier, mm-hmm. I think the idea is good. The idea was good because it was trying something different. But the problem is, is that you still have that leak over from the, you know, the new generation, new era. generation. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. New and gener- even worse, you know, honestly, it was just like it's kind of the mid card of the new generation. Yeah. You know, it was an interesting idea. Yeah. I know there was other ones like they I've seen some of the clips now, from the Penn Station. Yeah, I know there's also the one where the yeah. flying nuns or something. That's the first episode, yeah, the, which yeah. is the headbangers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen that. They only did this concept, Quinn, for a handful of episodes, and right. then they resorted to just taping it before Raw, Yeah, which, then, which diluted then, it. Well, then at that point, it became like, you know, challenge or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, it became another syndicated show. So this was interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The problem that we both noted is that, like you just said, all these extreme outside the box things going on, but inside the wrestling didn't line up with it, which would happen later. But yes. this wasn't it wasn't there yet. Now, I do commend them. This is the WWF I like where they're trying. Shit. They're trying. They don't try shit anymore at all. No, but this is like we're really trying. We're trying here. Yeah. You know what would have been a perfect thing for this? What? The hardcore title. Yeah. The hardcore title in the Midnight Club or whatever yep. this is, the Midnight Mirage. The Midnight Club. Yeah, let's just call it that. Yeah, it's pretty much what this show was, yeah. was the Midnight Club yeah. and everyone That'd watching it. That'd be a good it. name for the show, WWF Midnight Club. Not bad, actually. Yeah. But as far as we are concerned, I thought that was, yeah, it was different. It was different. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad, though. I would, no, I wouldn't I, it say... It was enjoyable, and it's only 45 minutes or something. It's 45 minutes without yeah. commercials. It was fine. But, folks, we are happy to have talked to you this week about the world of retro wrestling. Yeah. Now, I'd like to remind you, next week is our Season 2 finale, right, Michael? Ah, yes. It's it, going to be very interesting. Full of cliffhangers and we're, all sorts of stuff. We're only going to talk about two things next week. Yeah. One of them is going to be a wrestler, uh, and one of them is going to be a review. Oh, interesting. And that's all we're going to say, folks. Folks, but next week we're going to talk about a wrestler and we're going to do a review and that's going to be the whole 90 minutes yeah it'll probably be pretty long review it's going to probably be a pretty long review so yeah be sure to check us out on the twitter at OVP Podcast. you can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com Quinn obviously we're on the iTunes, iTunes right? iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher I didn't mention Stitcher before you FM Player FM Player, tune in yeah tune in, Blueberry, we're everywhere you we just, are the website ovppodcast.com dot com, you the know? YouTube channel yeah, we're and everywhere of, and of course the place to be nation yep Thank you to you guys for putting us on board. In that place. In that place. So, folks, 
Have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, and we will see you next Monday, February 27th, to close out the month and close out season two. See ya. So long. All right, everybody, I know what you're saying. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. And I do have the news for you about live World Wrestling Federation action. Next Sunday afternoon, February 9th at Continental Airlines Arena, the World Wrestling Federation returns live. 24 WWF superstars in nine killer matches. Your main event, the Divided We Stand, United We Brawl match with WWF champion Shawn Michaels teaming up with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Big mistake. They will take on Bret Hart and Psycho Sid. Even a bigger mistake. You also see two title matches, plus The Undertaker against Farouk and Ahmed Johnson against the man they call Vader. And get ready for the biggest news. Monday Night Raw live February 24th at the place where it originated from, the Manhattan Center. That's right. Monday the 24th, the Manhattan Center. Monday Night Raw live. Over 30 of your favorite WWF superstars, including World Wrestling Federation champion Shawn Michaels, will be there. Brett the Hitman Hart will be there. Psycho Sid will be there. Ahmed Johnson. Will you stop? stop, 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 stop.